You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dat Well, I do apologize for not doing the podcast yesterday. Um, there is apparently some uh, flu going around. I, I, apparently, I probably don't even need to tell you about it because... Everybody I've told about it is like, oh, yeah, I know all about that. My kids are sick. My wife is sick. Um, My wife actually took our youngest daughter to uh, to urgent care last night just to make sure she was doing okay because she was not looking great. And um, the pediatrician said, oh, yeah, like half our nurses and doctors are home right now for that exact thing. So there is a stomach virus uh, going around that is – Pretty prevalent. I'm. I'm. I, I was telling my wife. I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like this, including COVID. I mean, we know the far reach of COVID because it's on the news twenty four seven. At least it was. But in terms of like knowing people, like at peak COVID, and that that's the crazy thing because peak COVID is like, oh, everybody has it. Like the whole world has it. But it was over a several month period. Like my family had it in December. I got it. When was that? January, February, somewhere in there. I think it was the end of January and into February. This is like everybody has it now, like today. (laughs) It's the weirdest thing. It's also crazy because it's like how many things are like COVID and even more, um, you know, I want to say addictive, but that's clearly not the right answer. Transmissive. I feel like there's a really obvious word that's just escaping me, but my brain is so fried. I'm so tired, dude. I know you're tired of me talking about how tired I am, but I'm just, I'm just telling you right now, I'm struggling. <laughs> I, I've got my biggest cup. I mean, biggest uh, vessel that's actually a cup. I have like a, uh, you know, a flower vase and some other larger vessels if I need it, but my biggest actual mug. And I made a uh, thing of instant coffee and I slammed it down and I didn't feel anything. So I'm like, all right, I'm making an energy drink now. And I'm working on that, and I'm still, I still got nothing going on. I got to stop after this, or I'm just going to crash soon. It's probably too much caffeine as it is. But anyways, if, I'm, if my brain is dragging, if I say a couple names wrong or whatever, just, just let it go. I don't need a message. Did you know that you called Matt LaFleur Aaron Rodgers on the show? I don't, I don't care. I'm sorry. Figure it out. You know what I meant. Come on now. Work with me a little bit. I have to say a lot of words. But yeah, it's just, it's weird. There's a lot of diseases that spread super crazy, and we just don't know anything about it because I can't Google it and just see the trends because they're not all just reported to the government, and then Google puts a line, a graph for me, and causes, you know, worldwide panic and stuff. It's pretty bad, too, the, uh, this here virus, whatever it is. I'm glad I didn't get it. <sighs> but anyways, yeah, I spent uh, yesterday, my son got it. So I was sleeping on the couch because my oldest daughter was in our bed. So I slept on the couch and then my son woke me up because he got it. My wife was tending to him. And that's when I realized that about midnight, which is the second night in a row, I was woken up at midnight. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to work because I've got now I've got three kids that are incapacitated. One of them is our one year old that my wife will need to tend to. And my son was in real bad shape last night. He was unbelievably miserable. So even with me staying home, it was still hard for two of us to take care of all the stuff that needed to be done. But anyways, I didn't do a podcast. But anyways, um, not a ton of massive news that I missed yesterday. Nothing that we can't cover today. Trying to race real quick, just just doing a real quick once over on Twitter and the news and stuff. Um, you know, I go to bed at eight, so if something happens at nine, I missed it and I don't want to do a whole show and not see it. But I'm not seeing anything super crazy that I didn't already know. So uh, we still don't know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, which is... I'll be honest, it's a little surprising. Um, we got word, I think it was same day, Tuesday or whatever, there were images floating around of he and Shailene being in Florida. So he was in Green Bay, 
they were working on some stuff, and there must have been some details tales that were being held up. I part of me wonders if there are so, certain things that are contingent on other things, right? So, for example, the the word coming out of Rogers' camp, let's just say, which means literally Rogers' mouth to Pat McAfee, is that this is team-friendly, right? That's what we've heard. Now, team-friendly might be instead of 50, he's taking 48, right, if that's his spin on it, or it might actually be team-friendly. And, and potentially, maybe there are some mechanisms in place of, you know, we want to free up some room so that we can do X, Y, and Z as in bringing back certain players. However, if we cannot bring back those players, then maybe we, you know, and it, it, it's not necessarily major. It could be minor. Like, I'll, I'll do 30 million if you can bring back Zadarius. If you can't, I want 40. But that's kind of what I'm talking about, maybe on like a smaller scale, though. In other words, there are some really small details that still need to be ironed out. The overall structure has been uh, agreed upon. So Rodgers was free to leave. His representation is still in touch with the Packers, but they're still working on some details. And again, the only reason why, well, there, there's two things here. One, one possibility is it is done. We just haven't heard it, you know, just hasn't been leaked out for whatever reason. Um, I don't know why that would be. Um, but the other is that there are some contingencies and things that are unknown because we don't know what's going on with some other players. And it could be directly related to Devontae, to be completely honest. And I could see Aaron Rodgers leaving a couple things open if it means getting Devontae his long-term extension, because obviously he knows Devontae does not want to play on a tag. The Packers don't want him to be on a tag. Rodgers doesn't want him to be on a tag. Now, I'm not, again, I'm not saying Rodgers is saying, hey, take, take $5 million from me and put it on Devontae's contract, because that's a, you know, I don't expect it to be that crazy. But certain structures and certain things, it, allowing the Packers to have slightly more flexibility, depending on wh- what happens and, and all those kinds of things, it allows Russ Ball a little more leverage to be able to negotiate with Devontae and, and some of the other players, Preston and Campbell and some of these other guys, maybe Razul, I don't know, Tanya and MVS, the, the list goes on and on. By not 100% locking in, you give yourself a little bit more leeway to offer a little bit more or change the structure of a deal or whatever the case may be, so long as, again, you have an overall structure in place with Aaron Rodgers. You can't you can't go back to Rodgers and be like, all right, look, we spent all the money. Um, new plan, right? Can't do that. I don't know. It was just, it was just amusing. Again, it's entirely possible that um, the deal is done. We just haven't heard it yet. But that was the only thing I could think is it's weird that they've agreed in principle on something, right? Rodgers has said, yes, I'm coming back. So they must know at least fairly broadly what the deal is. But there's a couple details that are not quite ironed out, and I'm, it, was just, it, was, it was just a thought I had that maybe that was part of it. And if that's the case, we may not hear Aaron Rodgers' contract for a while. Maybe we'll find out once free agency starts because it's not about Devontae because he's tagged. It's about some of these other smaller pieces, which means once free agency hits, then okay, we, we know what numbers we have and we can lock in. Although that's not entirely true. It's because, you know, let's say it's largely about MVS which I, I'll be honest, I kind of hope it's not. But, you know, the day free agency hits, these guys, some of these guys are gone instantly, but, you know, there, there might be a little bit of time still to work some things out. So it may be until a couple of these guys are, are gone. By the way, speaking of, of, of MVS, um, I think you guys know I've, I've never been the biggest MVS fan in the world. I think he's fine. I think he's, uh, you know, adequate. But there are rumors that there are teams willing to offer him about $10 million, and that I find shocking. And there's no way in the world I can see the Packers justifying that. Now, the only reason I can see them doing that is because they are supremely desperate in their desire to essentially run it back. And they want to do everything they can to make sure they don't go backwards. And we can talk about the depth of the wide receiver class all we want, but the, the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter what we think today. Today is the day where we get hyped up and we assume that there's just these massive, there's going to be 50 elite wide receivers coming into the NFL. We can probably get two of blah, blah, blah. But we know that once all the dust settles, once all the hype starts, the vast majority of these guys are going to go into the NFL, especially as rookies, they're not going to be very good. 
When you look at a draft class, the vast majority of the players that you thought were going to be good will not have good NFL careers. And of the ones that do, even less, less than half of the ones that have good careers are going to have good first years. It's part of the reason why I, I you know, the, the, everybody giving up on Amari Rodgers is just silly to me. Very, very, very few people have good rookie seasons, especially in Green Bay, where they look at rookies as, you know, like red shirts. Like, you don't really play here. You, you know, this is a complex system. We've got a really well-oiled machine, and you don't know what you're doing, so please don't come on my field, okay? Don't come over here. Don't stand next to me. Go sit down over there, watch and learn, and shut up. And so if that's your mentality, you know, granted, you have Amari going into year two, which also is not a guarantee. So there are, there are no guarantees, and I think that's maybe the thing. And, and again, I don't care because I don't want to be one of those teams that's just so scared that what if we can't get a hit? What if we, what if we go backward? What if, what, blah, 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 and we play scared, and so we do what the Vikings do, and we do what a lot of other teams do, where we just we panic and we overpay our own guys and just try to keep this core together. MVS is a very replaceable player. He just is. Devontae is not easily replaceable. I think MVS is. He's a guy that has a lot of speed, that has like two good games a year. If you're scared you can't replace that guy, then, you know, pack, up, pack it up, dude. I know Rodgers really likes him, which I don't understand because in all these years, those two have never been able to build a chemistry, which is another issue. Rodgers has never been able to build chemistry with MVS. Not the way he has with all his other receivers. Obviously, Devontae is, is a number one. Those guys have a, a, a mind meld. But I mean, you look at the way he throws to just about anybody else on the team, and granted, these are harder throws because MVS is faster and he's generally further down the field, but so what? Aaron Rodgers can complete 35-yard passes. He can, he can, how many times has he just completely missed Devontae on deep throws? Not nearly as much as he misses MVS. So look, we're, we're, I don't know what his actual price is going to be, but I, I'm just not super willing. It's, it's, it's an easy no thank you for me. Unless his market is absolutely zero because there's a bunch of wide receivers in the draft and all the rumors we've heard are not true, and teams are looking at MVS like, yeah, we'll 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 take a look at him, but you know we're we're kind of more looking at this draft class, especially this draft class, tall fast guys. I mean that's that's the whole cl- tall skinny fast guys. That's that's fifty percent of this draft class. Maybe not quite the ratios that you find with MVS being six foot four running a four three four threes, but you you got. Plenty of guys that can do it. And just from a value standpoint, in terms of what he's brought to this team, what he's going to bring to this team compared to the price, I'm just really not interested. And that's why, for me, um, if I had to choose between the two, I would probably pick Lazard because, number one, I don't think he's going to uh, command as much of a, a high price because he doesn't have the physical attributes. And the physical attributes he does have, uh, most NFL teams could not give two you know what's about. Yeah, but he's a real good blocker. Nobody cares except maybe the Packers, the 49ers, and two other teams. Nobody cares. But he, he, he fits in real well with the Packers, and, and good luck finding anybody that can do what he can do. I can find way more guys that run four threes or faster than I can find guys that can block like Alan Lazard can block. So he's not easily replaceable. There's also a much better connection. I think he's a much more reliable receiver. So if I had to choose between the two, we keep... Lazard, we find another guy that can run in the four threes, four twos, whatever, that has, you know, two big games. And by the way, maybe we get lucky and he has more than two big games a year. Maybe he's actually just a really good, consistent wide receiver. And if you find a really good, consistent wide receiver that runs in the four threes or four twos, you really found something special. But I think at this point, we've realized that's not MBS. It's not. And so, you know, paying the guy $2.2 million in the final year of his contract last year, fine. And if he's coming back for $2.2 million, great. But by all accounts, he's absolutely not. And he's actually high demand. And it's going to be way more than that. I'm sorry, no thank you. 28 years old, never really built a connection with your, wide, with your quarterback. And, and we've always known that we need... The, the thing with our number two wide receivers is they've, they've always gotten a bad rap. They're, they're not bad, but they're also not this high level of wide receiver that is hard to find. So I think with, with the guys that we have, they're, they're guys that you carry on their contracts, and then when if and when they get big money contracts, sorry. But we'll see. If we keep MVS, I'm completely fine with it so long as the reports were complete lies that he's asking for or, or will get about you know 10 or even 8 million or whatever. I just, no. 
No chance in the world. Last year, he played um, 11 games. He graded out positively in three of them. So he didn't play the whole year. He had uh, grades in the 70s twice, 80s once, 60s three times, 50s one, two, three, four times, and 40s once. He had games over 100 yards once or at 100 yards once. Um, He's never had more than one touchdown in a game. I mean, this past year, he had three touchdowns the entire season. 430 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, you know, you say, what about 2020? Well, okay, he had 838 yards and seven touchdowns. Four games in the 70s, one in the 80s, one, two, three, three games in the 60s, one, two, three, four, five, six games in the 50s, and four games in the 40s. So, you know, more than half of his games were below average. Again, well, no, that's not true. He had two games at 100 or more um, and one game with multiple touchdowns. He only had one, two, three, four, five, six games with touchdowns. That also includes, by the way, five games with zero receptions. Five. That's a lot of games. Six games under 10 yards. He had one with five. He had one with 19, so seven games under 20 yards. Ten of his games were under 50 yards, all of which were zero touchdowns. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to just completely dunk on the guy, but again, we, we need to have some concept of value. It's not just, well, it's MVS, and we love him, and he's a Packer, and he's been here a long time, and he's such a good guy, and da 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 Listen, that's cool. You know, and, and we can always like MVS for what he did for us or whatever else, but that doesn't mean you do stupid stuff and you pay a guy more than he's worth, especially when, when the cap situation is as tough as it is. Value is unbelievably important. We need to be underpaying as much as, we, as humanly possible. Underpaying is what happens when you find a guy like Devondre Campbell. Underpaying is what happens when you find a guy like Razul Douglas. Overpaying is what happens when you pay Razul Douglas massive amounts of money for what he did last year and he doesn't put that out this year. Overpaying is giving Marquez, you know, $7.8 million per year. Underpaying is letting MVS go and finding somebody in the draft in the, you know, well, I don't want to say third round because everyone's going to know that guy's going to suck, but let's, let's say second round that can do slightly more than MVS and get paid pennies because he's a rookie on his first year of his rookie deal. Highest season grade he's ever had, MVS, by the way, was in 2021 with a 66 overall grade. 2020 was a 60 overall grade, 2019-57, 2018-60. I mean, he's, he's, he's dead average. And again, that's awesome for a fifth-round pick for 174 overall. Go look at the draft class overall. The, the guys from the 2018 draft that are good wide receivers are mostly first- and second-round picks with a handful of others, and Marquez is one of them. And the fact that he's potentially going to go on and make a bunch of money speaks volumes for Brian Gutekunst's ability to be able to hit on um, one of the few guys in the in the latter rounds. I mean, if we just look at, uh, let's see real quick, 2021, there are only 13 receivers that played any amount of snaps in um, from the 2018 class, and two of them are Packers, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Alan Lazard. There's only 13. We got two of them. There's 32 teams in the NFL. There's a lot of wide receivers that were drafted that year. A lot more than 13. You got DJ Moore, who was a first-round pick. Um, you know, Michael Gallup was a third-round pick. Not going to go through the whole class, but again, that's great. But with a supposedly pretty deep wide receiver class, especially when it's, it's largely guys that you know they, at, at the very least, have speed. You know, anyways, made my point. Anyways, one other thing I wanted to touch on, uh, we'll get to Khalil Mack and some Patreon stuff probably after the break, but uh, I wanted to touch on something that I'm just picking up on, and I don't really quite understand what's going on, but there certainly seems to be something weird happening suddenly. By the way, interesting little side note for you. If you're arguing with me on Instagram, you're not talking to me. I don't go on Instagram. I'm not on there. You're arguing with the gentleman that runs my Instagram. I saw, I I didn't even read the whole argument. I just saw a message on there. It was like, for a guy that talks about logic all the time, you don't know how to use it. It's like, Jacob talks about logic all the time? Are you referring to me? You think you're talking to me. I'm, I'm, that's not me. You're not talking to me. But anyways, the other thing I noticed about that um, argument, because I went back and looked at what the heck are these guys fighting about? Somebody took issue with um, the idea that Ian Rappaport would have gotten the report about Aaron Rodgers wrong. And his comment was, people that say that the uh, 
media lie all the time, should wear tinfoil hats. So here's what I'm noticing. There are certain things that are happening that are going against, um, let's just say they're not going in a way that some people like, right? Certain things are going wrong and they just continue to go wrong over and over and over again. And some people have dug in their heels and they've kind of just reached a breaking point where they've gone from, I don't want to talk about this to, you know what, I'm going to come out and I'm going to die on this hill. For example, not naming names, maybe you know who I'm talking about, I don't know. One of the things that I've seen pretty consistently is, if you're talking about gas prices, shame on you. Excuse me, what? (laughs) What? So the point is, things are going really poorly right now, really bad in the country. Prices are going through the roof, gas prices, grocery prices, all the prices. And people are struggling. And it's interesting to me that um, some people are seeing the complaining, and they don't like that some people are complaining about the way things are going. For obvious reasons, we don't need to get into that. But the fact that social media is basically a place where you're supposed to go and just complain about really stupid stuff, and anytime somebody's actually complaining about real struggles in life, like actual ones, suddenly you're not allowed to talk about it anymore, because those aren't the kind of struggles I want you to complain about. Because that makes me and other people that I like look bad. And so, although I, (laughs) it's hilarious too, because the same people who are saying you're not allowed to talk about gas prices or grocery prices, and and by the way, it's, it's, I know some people are saying, no, it's not that you can't complain. It's that you can't make stupid, stupid arguments. Nope. That's not what some people are saying. Some people are saying you should not talk about it, period. You should not complain about it, period. If you don't believe me, look around. But it is funny that um, the same people who are arguing that we should raise the minimum wage because people can't live off of XYZ wage, are seeing cost of living go up, and um, suddenly those people need to just shut up, right? So if you can't pay your bills on $14 an hour, that's a problem. Now, if you're making $17 an hour and you can't pay your bills because the bills have gone through the roof, you need to shut your mouth. And and again, it's, it's, I know it sounds like we're not talking about things anymore, but another area is it seems like people are digging in on sort of the, the anti-media assault, and they're getting really frustrated. And it's, it's not because there's just a more of an assault, it's just because the media is now saying a bunch of things, and they're looking really, 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 really stupid. Every single time that a lot of these guys open their mouth, it's, it's, they're finding out that these things are not true. Point is, though, you, got, you, you guys got to do a better job of picking your battles. It's true. If you say the media lies about everything, that's, that's wrong. Of course the media doesn't lie about everything. And of course, there are stupid arguments about what's going on with gas prices all over the place. But some people have made the decision that I'm so mad at the anti-media slander that I'm going to choose to believe Ian Rappaport over Aaron Rodgers when it comes to the contract situation and have completely dug their heels in on this. And I don't understand it. Again, I don't know what the deal is, and it may be similar to the one that was reported. But we have zero reason to believe it other than, and again, people are saying, no, Aaron Rodgers is lying. So here is um, Pat McAfee essentially addressing this. And, and again, I just, I don't understand it other than people are indignant. And, 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 and the reason I, I believe that it is what it is, is because I'm seeing the comments and I'm seeing the arguments and people are really mad at sort of this anti-media stuff. And, and fine, you could be mad at that. But again, you got to pick your battles, dude. And this is stupid. Here's Ian Rapp, uh, excuse me, Pat McAfee talking Them about still it. running with the four years, $200 million after Aaron tweeted. Yeah. Hey, the terms in the contract, not accurate. Well, and they also, they put the tweet up on the screen and put it right there for you. And then boom, you know, brought, brought it in right afterwards. Hey, we're on uh, the Today Show, I believe. It's really? really? Yeah. They were talking about Aaron Rodgers' new big money contract on the Today <laughs> Show. Al Roker. Yeah, me, Al Roker actually, I guess. Al Roker, actually, I guess you did say something. My wife watches in the morning, and I was down there boxing. Okay, I'm boxing Stairmaster, and that's what I'm doing. My arms, I can't really move them right now. To be honest, standing back up is going to be tough. (laughs) How the body feels right now. But she screamed down, oh, you're on the Today Show! And normally, anytime media is talking about us, I'm getting buried. (laughs) Okay, so I was like, am I getting killed? They're like, no, 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 it's not that bad. I'm like, thank you, Sam. I appreciate that. So everybody's covering it. It's been an interesting day for me. Uh, A lot of people, you know, pinning us versus Rappaport. Who's right, who's wrong? I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. To be in due time. I guess we'll have to see. I'm pretty confident. Yeah. My source, Sis. By the way, um, pretty obvious, but 
when he's doing this, it's a it's a it's a running joke. His source is literally Aaron Rodgers. He's talking directly to him. Told me something that I guess he also has sources though too. And maybe that deal was something that was talked about. But our source says said that's not <clears throat> something that he would like to sign up for because maybe allegedly our source says told us that he would like to build up a team and go on a run here and get his guys back. You know the people that are owed money. Again, pausing here. He's saying Aaron Rodgers directly told him he's not taking that much money because he wants to be able to have some free money for the team to be able to bring back some of his guys directly from Aaron Rodgers. Money, which wouldn't be able to be possible with a $200 million contract, especially with where the Green Bay Packers are currently sitting. Time will tell. Mm -hmm. Hey. Time will tell. We'll see. We'll find out. I'll just sit back. And by the way, in the modern world that we're in right now, welcome to it. Yeah. We are in the era, in the age of the truth will be found sure. at Always. some point. Mm -hmm. It'll come out. Won't be talked about, but it'll come out at some point. I feel very good about my reporting. Them still running uh, with. Look, I don't know why people are jumping on this grenade. I don't understand. I, I get that you're frustrated that things are not going well for your worldview right now. I get it. And I get that some people are annoying with this. And I know I, I, I've had messages before when I, when I say the media, people get, you know, upset about it. And they're like, well, there are certain connotations when you say that. And I'm like, look, I'm sorry that things that I say sound like something else and it makes you upset. And I'm sorry that there's some war out there being waged against the quote unquote media and, and all the kind of, I don't care. I'm just saying what is. The media and everybody else are human beings. It's not a, it's not a separate entity that needs to be um, protected as being holy. It's not. It's human beings, and human beings have biases. Human beings have selfish agendas, which is largely the case within the NFL. Human beings make mistakes, and largely what we're seeing is an institution that has largely been considered something that always should be trusted and respected and everything else, and right now it's just become a laughingstock, especially in the NFL these last couple years. And again, that's what I love about Pat McAfee and Rodgers doing these things and everything else is... Now they're coming out with nonsense, and basically every single time somebody opens their mouth, it sounds stupid. And they're becoming less and less relevant, and less and less interesting, and less and less insightful, and they can't just tweet out garbage and, and without getting checked anymore. And I'm enjoying it, because what I enjoy is the truth, reality. And if you're going to come out and say something that isn't true, I don't want to have to run with it for a month and find out it wasn't true. And then, by the way, the media is going to come around and say, well, here's what happened, actually, because they set the narrative. And I think that is a large part of the reason why people don't like Rodgers. Because Rodgers is setting the record straight and they don't like it. There shouldn't be a counterpoint. There's what I believe and then there's nothing else. Everybody else and everything else just shuts their mouth. It's insane to me people are jumping on this grenade. No, no, Rodgers is lying. Ian Rappaport was right. This is, this is an easy one, dude. I mean, I, I, I don't even understand the thought process here. And again, he, he's, he's saying everybody's still running with this. And it's not just people that are mistaken. I thought it was... I think the last time we talked about this, I literally thought it was people just didn't hear the tweet, which I, I was saying. I don't understand how this is even possible. But now I've started to see the arguments. And it's, it's the same thing every time. It's not just the guy on Instagram. It's, it's people all over Twitter. You know that report isn't true, right? Oh, you mean Aaron Rodgers, the guy who lied about being vaccinated? That guy? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, you, you are telling me right now that you believe that Ian Rappaport is correct in his report and Aaron Rodgers is lying. Why would he lie? We're going to find out the numbers in like two seconds. Are you kidding me? How does that make rational sense to you? But again, people are really just starting to dig in their heels in the weirdest way. I keep seeing these things and it's like, what are you, what is happening right now? And I can't understand it other than people are getting really, really, really frustrated with losing a bunch of battles and they've decided to die on all kinds of really weird hills. And just make themselves look really stupid. Again, there, there are battles to be won out there. There absolutely are. People, people take things too far. Wait for somebody to go too far and then clip them as they go off the edge. Like, whoa, 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 you're wrong about this. Go do that. But to just stand in the middle of a battle that is being lost and say things like, how dare you complain about gas prices going up like 50 cents in a week? How dare you talk about not being able to, you know, make ends? You know how many people are paycheck to paycheck? It's, it's like 60%. There was just, apparently, the report right now is about 64% of the country is living paycheck to paycheck, meaning you make just enough to pay your bills. And you're telling those people, the majority of human beings in this country, to shut their mouth when they talk about, I don't know what to do 
about gas prices going up or, or groceries going up so much. And I'm really upset and I'm really frustrated. Aaron Rodgers is telling us, this is not the contract that I signed. In fact, I haven't even signed a contract. He's lying. Dude, you guys are out of control, man. This is stupid. You talk about wearing a tinfoil hat? Are you listening to yourself right now? I'm wearing the tinfoil hat? Again, it's, it wasn't me arguing with you, but I am saying that Ian Rappaport was wrong, and I'm wearing a tinfoil hat. I don't know. It's, it's, it's been a weird few. We got a flu that is taking over the, the world. It came out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, everybody's just like, no, I'm putting my foot down. I can't talk about this anymore. Rogers is lying. Ian Rappaport is the truth. And by the way, everything is fine in America. No complaining allowed. <laughs> wow. That is not a winning argument. And again, it, it's just like throwing yourself on a grenade because you know you're not going to win that argument. So again, it, it's, you know, pe- people get upset with me because it's like, well, you're, you're bringing politics into it. No, 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 no. Politics is being brought into this. And it's why the whole thing is polluted. There is a very, if, if people were just purely rational, there would be no people that are taking the side of Ian Rappaport. That's the point. Pure rationality says Ian Rappaport heard a report. The report was untrue, or not even untrue. It was just he, he was talking about a report that the Packers offered Aaron Rodgers this, which is true, and he reported it. Fine. We have since learned that from Aaron Rodgers directly, that he actually did not sign that contract, has not signed any contract, and has declined that because he wants it to be less money so he can bring back more people. Aaron Rodgers himself said that. By the way, Ian Rappaport has not come out one time since then and said, I'm sorry, but I have still con- I, I am confirming that I have heard that report. I'm hearing from my sources that that is, in fact, the contract. I've not heard that one time. Have you? Has he one time come out and defended himself? Pat McAfee has. Pat McAfee says, I don't know, I'm still talking to my source, which is Aaron Rodgers, and he's confirming that that is not the case. And by the way, can't wait to find out the truth. Ian Rappaport has not come out one time and said, oh, I'm actually, no, I am correct. Not once. You know why? Because he's not correct. So it's not me bringing anything into this. I'm saying keep it out because you're making all of us stupider. You're bringing things into this. I want it out. It's the same with, you know, anytime I bring this stuff up, it's because people are bringing it in and I want it out. And I'm going to call it stupid. Every time you bring it in here, I'm calling you stupid. Keep it out. Go wage your war somewhere else. But this is stupid. I don't need people throwing themselves on, on ridiculous landmines, getting into really stupid arguments that you can't win on Twitter because you've got some kind of vendetta and you're getting tired of your team losing. How about just don't have a team? How about just look at what is? How about look at what makes the most sense? What, Aaron Rodgers wants Pat McAfee to look like an idiot? Is that, is that what we're running with here? Hey, Pat, uh, I actually didn't sign a contract, and, it, and it's going to be super team-friendly. And it, all the while, he actually did sign a four-year, $200 million deal. Who wins that? Who wins with that? Makes Ian Rappaport look great. Makes Rodgers look like a piece of garbage. The Rodgers slander will go through the roof, which he will have brought on himself. And Pat McAfee, who is a friend, will be made to look like a complete idiot. That doesn't make any sense. Stop being stupid. Speaking of, apparently Colin Kaepernick should be one of the top priorities for teams looking for quarterbacks. I'm not rehashing that. I did a whole episode on it. Go Google it. The guy was not a good football player. He's been out of the league for like six years. He wants way too much money. And if you bring him in and you don't uh, sign him, there's a good chance he's going to sue you. Just to name a couple reasons why this whole thing is stupid and I'm getting tired of it. It's always been stupid. But again, people are bringing their politics into football. Politics isn't what pushed him out of football. It's the reason he's still talked about in football today. If you look at it rationally, you have a guy who is a bad football player that left the 49ers, his choice. 49ers said they wanted him back. He said, nope, I'm leaving. That's the reality. Again, I did a whole episode on it. Go look it up. He expects massive amounts of money, even from teams or from new leagues like the XFL, the, the USFL, all these other leagues who are like, dude, we'll take you in. He's like, fine, I want $20 million. <laughs> No, we pay guys like $500,000. What are you talking about? But again, we got to talk about it. We got to bring it up. And if you speak rationally about it, if you talk about rationality and say, you know, there aren't a lot of other guys at his age who have been out of the league that long, who are that bad the last two years that they played, that we're still talking about this should be a top priority for teams. Only that guy. I wonder why. It's not because I can't keep politics out of things. It's because you can't keep politics out of things. It's stupid. The whole thing is stupid. So I don't know exactly what's going on right now. I, maybe it's just that, you know, things are, times are hard right now and people are just going nuts. I don't know. 
But if we could do everybody a favor and just get back to being even a little bit rational, I don't care if you got some some weird conspiracy theories and some interesting ideas about what's going on, that's fine. But let's not just completely die on the dumbest hills on planet Earth just for the sake of, I don't know, I'm not moving anymore. (laughs) I refuse to, to back up one more step. I'm standing right here and I will die right here. Let's do our best to look at information and try to conclude what the best possible solution is, regardless of what your thoughts are outside of the world of football. If we can stick with that, that would be wonderful. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. So lots of uh, big news. We got Carson Wentz going to the commies, um, getting kind of crucified over there in Indy. Although, uh, who was it? Matt Miller was like, this guy's a genius. He got, <laughs> I don't know. I, it doesn't matter that much. We don't need to go into it. But a lot of silliness going on in the world, as I had just said. And again, that's another issue in which, why would Matt Miller make a really bad deal look like a good one? Because they're friends, right? Human beings do human being things. That's the point. It doesn't have to be some grand conspiracy, but it also doesn't need to be protected. He said something stupid. It's stupid. That's it. Because he's friends with the guy. All right, well, then go make fun of him in the comment section, call him an idiot, and let's move on with our day. But a couple other guys that were released, it's kind of funny because it happened um, very close to each other, and it's a good reminder for all of us as free agency hits, because we need to be reminded by these things pretty regularly, right? Whenever a draft pick doesn't hit, I think far too often Packer fans say, this guy's an idiot. Because we just assume everybody else got hit after hit after hit, and we only got like two. It's not reality. Another not reality is believing that um, fans have any idea who good targets are in free agency. Within a few hours of each other, Landon Collins and Corey Littleton were released from their respective teams. These are two guys that Packer fans swore up and down the Packers had to bring in. Had to. 
Landon Collins was the number one safety out there. Again, that's for one of the, I, I miss on a lot of stuff. This was one of my shining moments. Number one, assuming Landon Collins was going to be great was stupid. Number two, I said Landon Collins was overrated. Number three, I said I really wanted Adrian Amos. We got Amos. He's been great. Landon Collins, way overpaid, played like garbage, being released. Corey Littleton, same thing. Now, I was a little bit more on board with Corey Littleton because he actually played really well where he was, but it was really only like one year, and that always should make you nervous. Interestingly enough, kind of similar to what we're seeing with Devondre Campbell. It's actually very similar to what we're seeing with Devondre Campbell, which is a cautionary tale for a couple reasons. Number one, before we see these guys that we say we have to have because they're going to be great, please remember Corey Littleton. But also, when I say that I don't expect this to repeat because it's such a massive outlier, here is Corey Littleton, 55, 60, 67, and then 80, right? He blew up in 2019. And then LA said, we're not going to pay this guy again. He, you know, so Corey Littleton's like, look, I played out of this world. I want massive amounts of money. And the Rams are like, no, sorry, we can't do that. The Raiders are like, haha, suckers, we're going to pick him up. In fact, they got the top two um, linebackers in football. His grades ever since were 47 and 48. His two worst years were after that year, probably partially to do with Las Vegas. And yes, maybe if he stayed in LA, he probably would have stayed a little bit better, a little bit higher up. I don't know. Just like it's possible if Devondre stays in Green Bay, he's going to um, be better than he would be anywhere else. So if he leaves and has a bad year, it doesn't necessarily mean he would have stayed and had a bad year. But it's not just a matter of good and bad. It's a matter of quantifying it. How good? How bad? Is Devondre going to continue to be the number one linebacker in football? I don't know if he even ended that way, but let's say top five. Do you expect him to stay top five? Because it's not, again, it's not just a a matter of good and bad. It's a matter of value. And if you pay him as a top five linebacker and he's like 40th, Still fine, still good. He's got like a, you know, 69.3 overall grade, better than what we've had in the past. He's still capable and whatever else. Now, let's call him, let's say he ranks 32nd. He's still a starting linebacker. Let's say he's even 20th. If you're paying him top five, that's not good value. And so um, it's important to pay him for what you think he's going to be, not for what he was. And, that, and, and the fact of the matter is that's just not how that works. And that's the problem. And that's where the frustration with fans comes in is because, we see what they were last year. We assume that's what they're going to be next year. So when he says, I want to get paid for what I did last year, fans don't have a problem with it because they don't see any regression. They're like, no, it'll be fine. He's, he's a top five guy. Pay him like a top five guy, stupid. But a lot of times teams look at it and say, I'm not paying you top five because the odds of you being top five again are pretty low. Even for guys that are pretty consistent, it's risky because even consistently good players, you know, top five or number one overall, eh, probably not going to get great value because you're probably not going to be that again. You might be top 10 or top 15, fine, but Aside from, a f- there are only a few people that are just every year they're going to be at the top. Otherwise, it's a, l- a ton of fly-by-night. And so we got to ask ourselves, is Devondre Campbell a one of those guys that has one good year and then maybe doesn't quite have as good of a year? Or is he one of those guys that's just going to stay up forever? And the fact of the matter is most of the guys that stay up were up always. It's very rare that you have multiple, I mean, you might have a down rookie year, and then you figure it out in year two, maybe two years, and then you figure it out in year three. Devondre has been in the league for six years. He had five bad years and then was the best linebacker in football. He had almost no bad days. He had two, two games under 60, which is staggeringly good. Again, I'm, I'm not even saying I want him gone. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying we got to keep things in perspective. I know we're excited about what he did last year, but I'm, I'm talking about looking around the league a little bit and, and trying to find case studies of, of instances where things like this happened. Did they go on to repeat? Even Zadarius, I think, is a good example. Zadarius is an example of a guy that did not just fall off and go back to irrelevance, although he was never really irrelevant, but fall off back to what he was, but he did fall off. And we don't really want to acknowledge that, or, or not want, we, we don't acknowledge that because he won MVP that year and his sack number stayed relatively high. So it's like, what are you talking about? He didn't have a down year. He did, though. He did. And that's completely reasonable because his good year was a once-in-a-career year. He Again, better than like Khalil Mack's best year. I mean, it was stupid good, and there's no reason to expect him to ever get to that point ever again in his life. But that's what we have to acknowledge when we look at his contract and things. You know, people really, really, really want Zadarius back, but I think people assume that Zadarius coming back means 2019 Zadarius, and we should pay him whatever he wants. That's not the reality. He's never going to be 2019 Zadarius ever again. That's number one. He's just coming off an injury, and he's a year older. So you're probably not even going to get 2020 Zadarius. And that, you know, it's, it's safe to talk about Zadarius because we've all basically said goodbye to him in our minds. I'm just using him as an example. But Preston also is not the worst example. 
He had one good year and a contract year. Do we really think he's going to repeat that? Maybe he will. It's not impossible. But I think we've seen more times in which guys don't repeat random good years than do repeat. Need I remind you of Nick Perry? Nick Perry had one really, really good year. I'm talking dominant year, and it was in his contract year. Do you remember what happened after he got paid? He was one of the worst pass rushers in all of football. It's just one example. It doesn't have to happen. But if you're putting money down on one random year being good, Razul Douglas, and then staying good forever. And again, I understand it's, you know, you're staying within the system and in the scheme and all that kind of stuff. So there, there's, there's a case to be made. And I would buy Devondre Campbell more than I would Razul Douglas. Again, because Razul was largely based on statistics like interceptions and pick sixes, which are completely fleeting. The idea that that's going to stay up forever, not very likely. Devondre, though, there's a little bit more reason to believe it because he basically just was assignment sure and tackled guys. Now, it's a little bit surprising that his coverage grade was as good as it was, being a guy that runs, you know, a 4-6, at least he did, you know, six years ago. And if that falls off, his whole thing falls off, and you kind of think it would. But, you know, at the very least, if, if he's an intelligent enough guy that is assignment sure and, and just a great fit for the system, and he can continue to tackle really well, which is no reason to really think he won't be able to. He's a super strong guy, as we found out. I mean, he grabs people and just rips them to the ground. Great tackler. But again, that's what I'm talking about. There's going to be something. Maybe his tackling isn't quite as good. Maybe his run defense isn't quite as good. Maybe his coverage isn't quite as good. But if you add all that together, or even just the consistency, the guy had two bad games. If he goes to having six or seven bad games, but it still has some really good games, the whole thing falls apart. And his coverage goes, he goes from an 85 overall grade back to, you know, his second best game was in 2017. It was a 69 overall grade and then a bunch of 50s and 40s. Honestly, if we pay him again and he stays at a 70, I think I'll call that a win. But we got to pay him as such. Anyways, um, again, just kind of a reminder as free agency comes in, and and we probably don't expect much this year because we have no money. So I I don't know that there's going to be a ton of, we got to go get that guy, that high price guy that everybody's hyping up. But it's always important to get that reminder to remind all the fans about all their misses, because as many people have pointed out, fans are terrible GM. And it's important for us to remember that we're all really bad GMs because a lot of us tend to get really, really sure in our opinions of things. And that's silly. And so I will do my part to remind everybody how wrong we've all been about a million different things. I was wrong about Zadarius because I thought we overpaid him. I was wrong about Corey Littleton. I wanted him. Uh, Also, Kwiatkowski, who went there. I really liked Kwiatkowski. He also did not play very well. I was wrong about Devondre. I was wrong about Razul. Wrong about a lot of stuff. Although my version of being wrong is usually I say this guy's not going to be very good, and then they are. Whereas everybody else just looks at the biggest name and says, that guy's going to be great. We should give him all the money. And then they get all the money somewhere else and fans get mad and then they're garbage, but then fans forget. But I'm here to remind you, so don't worry about it. Finally, let's, uh, one more thing I wanted to talk about. You know, there's been a lot of chirping, a lot of chirping around the NFL, especially in Chicago, but you know, a good amount in Minnesota, Detroit, I don't, there's not enough fans to hear what they're chirping about, but I'm sure they're talking about it. But even outside of that, all the gloating, man. You know, you look at last year, Packers are doing real good. And what was the common refrain when we would make fun of Bears fans? Enjoy it while it lasts, because next year, Rodgers is gone. Justin Fields is going to take a big step. We're going to have a new coaching staff and a new GM. And this offense with with uh, Justin Fields and that defense, and you've got you know Jordan Love at the helm, you're done. You're cooked. You're toast, right? Enjoy it while it lasts, because this is it. You're done after this. Well, unfortunately, Bears fans, that's not exactly how things played out. Uh, Not only is Aaron Rodgers coming back, but Devontae's coming back. They've decided to commit to this uh, team that we currently have. And you'll hear Bears fans chirp, well, good, good, because you're ruining your cat. All right, that's fine. I know, I know. This this is exactly what you always wanted, which is why last year you were uh, laughing about this exact scenario. Ha ha, next year Rodgers is going to be back and you're going to be cap strapped. Oh, wait, nobody said that. Zero people said that. No, what actually happened is people were laughing that the Packers were going to lose their best player and the Bears were going to take over. Instead, the Packers retained their best players and the Bears lost their best player. Khalil Mack has been shipped off to the Chargers as the AFC West uh, is in an arms race, not including the Raiders, who, um, I I mean, what's the point, right? Kudos to them for not even trying (laughs) because (laughs) who, who cares? This is a good time to be loading up on picks if I'm them. Like, I'm, I'm looking to trade people, load up on some picks. I'll have my own really high picks because we're just going to get annihilated. And, um, you know, we'll just wait these teams out. But the, the Bears are, and, and this is why it was always kind of silly and, and not great for Justin Fields, although 
I do think it's, I'll give them their props. Khalil Mack does need to go. They are doing the right thing. You do need to tear down and rebuild. The problem is Justin Fields has one year under his belt and it was a really bad year. The bigger problem is the last guy gave away all your draft picks. Your ability to um, come in and build around Justin Fields is limited. And now you are in a complete teardown. So everything good that Justin Fields has, is it's similar to what I said about the left tackle situation. Well, they went out and got Tevin Jenkins. That's cool. But he replaced the left tackle you had that was quite good. So even if Tevin Jenkins comes in and is good, you haven't upgraded. You flatlined. The fact of the matter is he did not play very well last year. Didn't play very much at all, but that's, you know, doesn't really help your argument that he was good. And so the fact of the matter is, even though you you got some compensation, you got a little bit of money and everything, um, you can build and you need to build. But a lot of what you need to do is just replacing what you lost. It's one of the funny things about this whole Bears situation is everybody assumes that it's still the 2018 team. I don't know why, but it's even going to be less so. Khalil Mack is gone. Um, presumably Akeem Hicks will be gone. That is, that is the absolute core of this defense. And as you look at what they have now, I don't even know what it is that gives anybody hope that this defense is going to be any good. I mean, you got a new defensive coordinator and stuff, and maybe, you know, the assumption is things are just going to be great because of that defensive coordinator. By the way, interestingly enough, I, I kind of talked about this a little bit when I said that they were switching to a, a 4-3 defense, and where does Khalil Mack fit into that? Well, the answer is he doesn't. And we can pretend it's just financial reasons, but it, it's not necessarily just financial. I, I saw a hilarious tweet the other day saying, um, the benefit of this trade is now the Bears are $113 million under the cap next year. First of all, genius, everybody is $113 million under the cap when you look at future years. Because it doesn't take into account the amount of guys that you're going to sign this year and next year and all the contracts and all that kind of thing. It's so silly. And beyond that, how much did Khalil Mack count to the, uh, against the cap? You're talking about $113 million. What were you going to be at, 95 with him? How is that a win? That, that, but that's the only like, argument I've seen for why this is a great thing. No, the fact of the matter is they have to rebuild. And that means they need to rebuild this defensive line largely. And your you know, outside linebackers... Now, Robert Quinn can stay because Robert Quinn has played in all the different roles. He's stand-up and hand-in-the-dirt. I don't know if he's going to stay, but he can. Khalil Mack is not a hand-in-the-dirt guy. He's a stand-up guy, so he's got to go. And I think that's part of the problem with the compensation is everybody knows he's got to go. And that's not a good position to be in when you're trying to get rid of guys. When you're desperate to get rid of somebody, the price goes down. Because I'll be honest, his, his cap hit is not that terrible. I mean, he's, he's only 31 years old, which is surprising to me. I would have thought he was like 35. He's only 31. And when you're a freak like Khalil Mack, you can usually continue to play. And although he may not be peak Khalil Mack, he's still a really dominant player. And if you look at even just his PFF grades, although his, his you know sack numbers or whatever might be down, um, his production has stayed pretty high with the Bears. And he's one of the few true like pass rush and run defense guys. Like he just He's clutch in both. But $17.7 million is what the Chargers, what he's going to count against, 17.7. In 2022, that's nothing for a pass rusher. Even next year, it goes up to 23. That's just kind of standard. But even so, if you don't want him on the team, you can get out of it next year. Save about $11.3 million to get out of it next year if you want to. But you don't need to, again, because 23 for a pass rusher is not even that bad. And so, look, the, the, the bottom line is... This was a necessary move for the Bears, but it's a brutal one. And, and the problem with this is, you know, I would not have respected the Bears had they said, we got to stay the course. The issue, though, is this doesn't mean that you're going to be a good team just because you're making the right moves. You now have to go build a team from scratch. Can you do that? This is just step one of we're going to get a lot worse, okay? Now you have to get better. The Bears are looking at $40 million in dead cap right now. $40 million. $24 million of that is Khalil Mack. So um, they didn't get a lot of compensation for that guy, and that's not great. And you can try to spin that all you want, but look at what you... So, so, so they've got maybe $30 million in free space, and they're, they're going to be doing some stuff to re-sign their own guys. That'll come down a little bit and um, whatever the case may be. But how much stuff do they have to do to make this team even adequate? Let's start with the fact that, I mean, they're in a similar situation with their wide receivers, except their number one wide receiver is also a free agent, and they have not come to any kind of terms with him. Allen Robinson, on top of Marquise Goodwin and Demir Bird. Now, you could say Darnell Mooney's our top guy, but that's kind of an indictment in and of itself. But they're probably going to be losing at least Allen Robinson. So they're going backwards there. 
Jason Peters, the left tackle, he's going to be gone because they just drafted a left tackle. They're not going to keep a 40-year-old Jason Peters, so they're probably going backwards there. James Daniels, presumably they're going to be re-signing him, but he's not that good of a player. Part of the, part of the issue is you need to fix this offensive line. So if you're going to pay a bunch of money to keep guys that are already not great, that's not great. But, I mean, they, they, they don't have many players, period, on their offensive line, and they have to massively improve that. So Justin Fields needs a brand-new offensive line. He needs all-new wide receivers. You might be looking at paying David Montgomery already because he's a free agent next year, so you might be looking at renegotiating David. It seems like you guys just drafted him, but it's getting to be about that time. Now, you could, you know, fifth year and all that kind of stuff, but um, we're kind of getting to that point. You need an all-new defensive line. Keem Hicks, gone. Khalil Mack, gone. Bilal Nichols, maybe gone. And who knows, maybe Akeem Hicks stays, but I, I, I doubt it. Uh, Margus Hunt and Cassius Marsh, all these guys are basically done. You can choose to pay him. It doesn't really matter. The only guy that's quality player that I can tell on this entire defensive line is Robert Quinn, who's going to be changing positions, which again, he's done it in the past, but he was good last year. Now you're telling him to do something completely different. Um, and Eddie Goldman, who, by the way, is a nose tackle which is more of a, and not, not to say you can't play a 4-3 style of defense and be a nose tackle because, you know, they, different alignments or whatever. But you're, again, you're telling him to do different stuff. So how quality of a player is he going to be? Uh, linebackers. Roquan and Danny Trevathan are looking for new contracts. Is Danny sticking around? I doubt it. And you're going to have to pay Roquan, right? And I'm assuming it's going to be a big pile of money. Big pile of money to keep Roquan. Corners. You have no, I know you guys like Jalen Johnson. That's fine. But you got to do a lot better. You need safeties. Deion Bush and DeAndre Houston Carson are your only safeties outside of the overpaid Eddie Jackson, so you're going to have to pay those guys. So you need all new corners. You need safeties. You need an entirely new defensive line. You need an entirely new offensive line, and you need wide receivers. By the way, Cole Komet is trash. So you might want to consider looking at a tight end. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he'll get better. I mean, you probably don't need to look at a tight end just because we... We have way too many other needs than tight end, and we got to just hope that Cole Komet can figure it out. But at the very least, we have to fix the offensive line. We have to rebuild the defensive line. We need wide receivers, and we need corners. Otherwise, we're fine. So again, um, number one, it's hilarious that Bears fans thought that this was going to be their year and the Packers were going to be terrible this year, and it was the exact opposite. Packers are kind of just right back to where they were, and the Bears are going to be significantly worse than they were last year. And again, even if Justin Fields takes a step, Everything around him is going backwards. Now, you can still take that as a win because eventually they'll build around Justin Fields, and I'll, I'll, I'll grant them that. But at the same time, the guy had a bad year. And if you want him to have a good year, you really need to give him something to play with. He needs to have a better offensive line. He needs to have somebody to throw the football to. That has to be a priority for them. And if it is, that means the defense is not because they've only got a handful of picks. They should have the number seven overall pick in the draft, which would be massively beneficial massively beneficial, but they gave that away. And so instead, they have two seconds, a third, a fifth, uh, two fifths, and a sixth. So they have, uh, despite getting a new second round pick, they still only have six picks in this draft. Six, zero day one, three on, on day two. So if we say day two is kind of that money zone to get like really high quality players, if we even include third round in that, which as a Packer fan, I don't know what that's like, but let's assume the Bears do. You have three picks. Where are you going to put them? And also keep in mind, if we're the, the higher the quality of the position, in other words, the more important, the less likely that they're going to pan out as second and third round picks. For example, quarterback. If you don't get them in the first round, probably first half of the first round, they're not going to be very good. You're not getting a third round quarterback that's going to be a starter. Same is true with pass rusher. Largely some truth there with tackle. Right? If you're talking defensive tackle, yeah, maybe. You're talking offensive guard, for sure. You're talking center, definitely. But you're talking premium position, probably not so much. Maybe in the second round, probably not in the third, and you have two second round picks. We're talking two players. Otherwise, we're just looking at free agents. This is a slow building process. When you have that many holes, it's going to take a while. And you have to have a really high hit rate. You've got to hit on, on a couple of these you know, later round picks. You got two fifths and a sixth. Otherwise, you got to get some hits there. So again, Round of applause for doing the right thing. You need to tear down and rebuild. The problem is you got Justin Fields going into year two and you're just starting your tear down. That sucks for him. And because it sucks for him, it also sucks for you. So there's two things at work. You, you, you can look at it and a lot of Bears fans like to do this and say, well, it's short-lived. It's not going to last forever. That's true. But all that means is we're going to end up in your position having to try to rebuild. The problem with Bears fans is they can get to the point where the Packers someday are not going to be this good. The Packers someday are not going to have Aaron Rodgers. But that's as good as they can get because they still can't get to the point where they can explain how they're going to be a good team. 
They can't explain that part to me, aside from just complete fantasy. And by fantasy, I mean we just make something up that we have no information on. We just pretend that we know that this is a great GM. We pretend that we know that this is going to be a great coaching staff. We pretend that we know Justin Fields is going to blow up and be elite. We pretend that we know that this GM is going to be, you know, have a really high hit rate with drafting and that things are going to be great. And we can talk about how we're going to have a massive amount of money in the future and just pretend like, you know, not everybody in the world is going to have a... The Green Bay Packers who are cash strapped have $64.6 million in 2023. You know, I don't know why I haven't spent a lot of time just like doing backflips about how rich we're going to be in 2023, because this number is not going to be this number come 2023. Just wait until as we work out the current contracts, wait until Devontae gets his contract, wait until Jair gets his contract. These things are going to impact 2023 in a massive way, and that number is going to come down, and we're going to end up with hopefully more money than we had in the past. Like, it's not going to repeat this year, next year, but it, it's, it's going to be pennies. And so wait until the conclusion of free agency, when we re-sign all our guys, I'm talking about the Bears, the Vikings, the Packers, all the, wait until everybody re-signs the guys that they have, gives their young guys massive contracts, brings in new free agents. Let's take a look at what 2023 looks like then. Nobody is carrying $100 million into the season. And the only teams that actually do stuff like that are garbage teams because we just have no talent. And if you want to be that, that's fine. If that's your one big win of this Khalil Mack trade, which again, he only accounts for how much of that. If it's 20 million bucks, you're talking about the difference between 80 and 100. You're telling me 80 isn't good? That's <laughs> such a stupid argument. You don't need to get rid of Khalil Mack to get to $100 million. In fact, I'm looking at, according to SpotTrack, it's actually like 140 something. Let me go back to it. Not Carolina. I clicked on the wrong one. I need to get going. I'm wasting time on things that don't really matter. Um, 148, it's almost 150 million. So if you had Khalil Mack, you could have 130 million and Khalil Mack. Does that sound better? Or worse, I think it sounds better. 130 million and Khalil. But the problem is we actually want to get rid of Khalil Mack because we will need that money when 2023 rolls around and he's not a good fit. So that's a silly, silly, silly thing to be talking about on top of his unbelievably high um, uh, dead cap hit this year, which again is cleared up next year, which is fantastic. But anyways, talking in circles here, and it's going to be another year of the Bears being bad and the Packers being good. And no, that won't last forever. I understand that. And the but the point is, the Bears fans have had nothing other than, haha, you won't be this good forever for like 30 years now. So one more year of them saying, haha, you won't be good forever, and they can't tell me how they're going to become good. It's just, it's, it doesn't have a lot of teeth, man. It just doesn't sting that bad. It really just doesn't hurt. Same with the, yeah, you go to the playoffs every year, but you can't win a Super Bowl. Like, okay. Shucks. <laughs> But we get to win a bunch of games in the regular season and enjoy the season and make fun of all of our division rivals because we're better than them again. And we get to go to the playoffs because we're the best team in the NFC. And we'll probably like win one playoff game, but not the second one. And we don't win a Super Bowl. That's our, okay, that's, that's what I get to endure. What are you enduring over there? A better season or a miserable season? I did a whole segment called Laughing at the Enemy. I'm pretty sure I, I know the answer to this question. You guys are miserable every year. And for a lot of Bears fans at this point, it's been your entire life, with the exception of a year here and a year there. Although, if we're saying that not winning a Super Bowl means you suck, then I guess you guys have just sucked forever for, for you know, for 30 years. And have only not sucked once. So, again, it's all silliness. It's all nonsense. And, um, you know, you're going to hear a lot of Bears fans talk about how this is good, that losing Khalil Mack is good. In, in a way, it is. But overall, this is all just bad. It's, it's the Bears saying, we're going to go through a rough patch but it's something necessary in order for us to build in the right direction. But cart before the horse, it's one step at a time. We have to become really, really bad, which is really negative for Justin Fields, so that we can start to try to build in a positive direction. Not because this guarantees we're going to be a good team. It's just we have to really, really suck. And then if we can be really, 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 really good in the future, which again, because your last GM was such garbage, you have almost no ability to make that right today. You don't have very much cap space because of all the dead cap space that's going to occur when you get rid of guys. And you're going to be losing a bunch of guys. And you don't have a ton of draft picks. Despite the fact that you should, again, you should have the number seven overall pick and you don't. Justin Fields better be real good, man. You're missing out on number seven. You can, you can get yourself an elite offensive tackle. By the way, you've got potential guys like Kayvon Thibodeau, Kyle Hamilton at safety, oof, Ahmad Gardner at corner, Derek Stingley if you're into that kind of stuff. Nothing else, you can get Garrett Wilson. You could trade back, get a bunch of picks, still get a guy like Garrett Wilson. The pass rushers, Trayvon Walker, do you remember that? that, that uh, remember what Trayvon Walker did? 
he continues to climb up the boards, and and again, it was assumed that he will be a top ten pick. You could have had Trayvon Walker. That guy's a, a freak among freaks. He could have been yours, Trayvon freaking Walker. But nope, that's going to go to somebody else, probably to the Giants who took your pick away from you. They're going to take Trayvon Walker. You get, well, Justin Fields. <laughs> I really got to go. I was supposed to go like five minutes ago. I just I I have so much fun making fun of you fine people. But hey, it's another year of next year we'll get them. And think about it. At least now you know this year's going to suck. So you don't even have to pretend. You don't even have to pretend it's going to be a good year. You can just say 2023 is going to be our year. Justin Fields will probably figure it out in 2023. We'll have good players in 2023. Maybe Rodgers will be gone in 2023. And Devontae, if he just plays on the the, the tag, then he'll be gone. And, and then, uh, then maybe we'll be slightly better than the Packers in 2023. Boom, got him. Right. Just just you don't even have to worry about this year. You don't even have to start to get your hopes up. Just say, nope. All right. This one sucks. We've endured 30 years. We can do one more. And then, you know, next year will be our year. There you go. It's your mantra anyways. Next year is going to be our year. Why get away from it? Just start it today. Next year will be our year. 2023 Chicago Bears are going to be second in the NFC North and maybe make the playoffs, but probably not. Second behind like the Vikings or the Lions or something. I don't know. I mean, you're not going to be good, but you'll be better than the Packers. Maybe assuming Justin Fields gets better. Anyways, I got to force myself away from this podcast because I have responsibilities and obligations like a job and stuff. So you guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.